Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 35. I am your host, Chris Formarez. Thank you so much for joining me today. This podcast is going to be a little bit different than the ones you've probably previously heard. You may have noticed by now there there is no intro music, and there won't be any music at all at the end of this podcast. In fact, this podcast is not going to be like the other ones. There is no hockey talk here. So if you stumbled upon this by accident or you're returning, my apologies in advance, but you won't hear any hockey talk. And if you want to leave, by all means, you can. I encourage you to stick around, right? As I talk about mental health and mental illness and Bell Let's Talk. But I understand if you don't want to stick around and listen to that. I understand if that's not what you're here for. I don't take it personally. And I promise episode 36, we'll go back to hockey. But today, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit closer to heart for me. Something I think we need to talk about. And the reasons why I feel that we need to. Right, so today is is Bell Let's Talk Day where we focus on talking about mental illness. And it comes around every year and I think we've gotten accustomed to it coming around and, you know, taking a day to reflect on people who are battling, you know, mental, mental illness and, you know, what they're trying to achieve. And look, if you don't know me or a little bit about my story, right. Most of you probably do, right. You, you, you know me in some way. Um, right. I've been battling mental illness now for the better part of 12 years, I would say. And I mean, I've had a lot of good times. I've had a lot of bad times, particularly the last, I don't know, five, six years have been pretty good. But I mean, 2020 changed that for me. I I think it changed a lot of things for people, but it it, it definitely changed it for me. And that's why I felt like I needed to do this podcast about mental illness more than any of the others. Because I mean, I've I've been down this road, right? So my first battle with mental illness was in November of 08, right? And now we're January of 2021. So I've I've gone through this. I've been through the help. I've gone through the tools. I've done as much as I humanly can to make sure that I get all the help I need to be the best version of who I am. And in at the beginning of 2020, when right when the pandemic started and everything hit, I felt like I didn't have enough. And that was terrifying for me because I, I feel like I'm a veteran. Like I've been through this, right? I know what I need to do. I've, I had the pleasure of working with some, some great psychologists who helped me be better at being me. Right. And despite all that help, here I am early in 2020 looking at myself going, man, I feel like I don't have enough. And that is a scary, scary feeling to know that you can't grasp what you have. Because look, we all experience, you know, not great days. If you're battling with mental illness right now, you know the struggle, right? Not every day is unicorns and butterflies, right? Some of them are dark. Some of them are very dark. Some of them are harder than others. You have your good days, right? You have your bad days. But the hope is that you'll have more good days than bad days. And that your bad days will be few and far in between. So for me, they've they've been very you know few and very in between. They're you know I can go months, even years without having a really like a really bad day. A bad day is right. That definition is different to everybody. I I know what that definition to, is to me, but 
it's it's different for everybody and the goal is not you know is one thing more bad than the other that's that's not it right it's just having better days than not good days and here i am at the beginning of 2020 kind of going through a lot of bad days consistently consecutively and being very very deep and i'm looking at myself and i'm saying man chris you have every tool in the book here you've done everything possible how the fuck is this not working and that was the conversation i was having with myself and that's i mean look it's not a good one to be having because now i'm starting to pull myself down here and you don't want to be your own worst enemy but trust me it's going to happen sometimes and i understand that so here I am now pulling myself back, pulling myself deeper, all these things going on inside my head. And I'm starting to feel like I'm going backwards, like I'm going back in time. And I'm slowly going back to a time and place I don't want to be. Like I am, I am not scared of many things in life. I don't think I'm scared of many things, I would say. Like I'm not, right? Dying, not afraid of it, right? Heights. Spiders, they make me uncomfortable, but I'm not terrified of it. But going back to the state of mind that I had in 08 and the f couple of years, I would say the three years after that, like <laughs> I am terrified of going there. So I will do everything I can in my power to make sure I never do that. And that's what I did. As the, as the year moved on, I needed to... I needed to find something for me. I needed to get better. I needed to do something because it wasn't working, right? And, you know, for the first time in my life, the first time, because I've never had it before, the first time in my life I needed a break, right? I went to go see a doctor, right? Because I don't have a family doctor in Quebec. They're hard to find as well. I went to a doctor and the doctor gave me 30 days off. He gave me 30 days, gave me a sick note and said, hey, take the 30 days off, you need it. That was the first time in my life that I was given a sick leave or a leave of absence that I had to take, right? Nobody knows this, by the way. Nobody. Actually, that's false. One person. Nobody else. I didn't say a word to anybody. I kept it to me. And this is me 12 years later still having a hard time talking about it, right? This is in May. We're January. And I'm just growing a pair enough to be like, hey, I can, I can talk about this now. It's settled in for me. That's for me, a person who I think like I've done enough to be good at this. <laughs> and here I am still having a hard time talking about it. That's why it, like, it blows my mind when people think talking about mental illness is easy. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. The hardest. And I wish I never had to. But I'm glad that I have as well. Right, so I get a, so I get thirty days off, and and this at, at this point in time, now I'm looking for different things, right? Because you can use that time wisely, or you can blow it, and do nothing. And when the world was doing nothing, or when the world was trying to find something to do, right? If you didn't take this time during whatever's going on with the pandemic to better yourself, then you wasted the opportunity, whatever that betterment is. Okay, but I, I had to reinvent certain things that I was doing personally. And just changing the changing environments that were out there and stuff. 
right? Because I had one doctor telling me I was fine. I had other people telling me I was, you know, uh, no, sorry. I had one doctor telling me I'm not fine. I got somebody else telling me, oh, no, you're, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And I'm sitting there going, like, man, the system's broken, isn't it? When you got a professional giving you a note that says, hey, you need some time and somebody else saying, no, nah, man, you're good. Don't worry about it. That shit ain't right. So I changed things that I did. I, I seeked help again and had more conversations, right? And I tried to put myself in better situations. I changed things that needed to be changed in order for things to be better for me. And look, people who know me know I hate change. I hate change. I don't even like changing shoes. <laughs> changing shoes, changing, I don't, I hate it. I hate it because I spent so much time in my life learning how to put myself in good situations that would lead to positive outcomes, right? So if you put yourself in X situation, you can expect Y result. And if you put if that situation is good, you'll get a good outcome. And if you put yourself in a bad situation, don't be surprised you get a bad outcome, right? That's all. The, that's the work I did with my therapist the first time. I was trying to put myself in good situations, put my my state of mind in a good place so I can have better outcomes. I'm not somebody who goes out on a whim and does things. No, I plan things. I plan things. Every move I make is calculated. I evaluate the pros. I evaluate the cons. If you had a color wheel, I am blue. I am as blue as it gets. You know, I research things before. Like I'll research something. I mean, I bought my dad a soundbar for his birthday slash Christmas. I spent four hours researching which one I should buy. I didn't just go to the store and buy one. And, you know, I walked into the store. Found the guy at Best Buy. I said, hey, I want this. Can you get it for me? Because it's all the way at the top and I'm not going to use your employee ladder because it says do not use. Like, that's just how I do my, that's just how I do my life. I put myself in, in situations. So when it comes time to change things, man, that shit don't sit easy with me. And it's hard at times. It's very hard. It's terrifying. But sometimes you do it. Because you just have to live with that. And you have to try to make it better. And I am somebody who I talk about it because I know it helps people. I know it does. I've been talking about it now for a while. Every year somebody you know, comes up to me and says, hey man, I heard you talking about it. I'm dealing with something too. And then they share that with me. And it's a privilege every time somebody feels comfortable enough after listening to me talk to share their struggles with me. That is an honor and a privilege that I get from that person. Because this person has been battling with something in their mind. And I gave them just enough comfort indirectly for them to say, man, I can trust him. I'm going to tell him. And I'm going to tell him because I know he's going to listen. And I know he's not going to judge me. And I know he's going to help to the best of whatever ability I can. Because don't forget, people dealing with mental illness, they don't need other people to solve their problems, man. That's why we have professionals. They exist, man. Professionals are there. They exist. Their job is to make it better. Their job is to give you the tools, make you feel better. Your friends are not there. Your friends are not therapists. They're friends. Friends lend a shoulder to cry on, an ear to listen. They're not your therapist. Friends are good listeners. Sometimes. But most of the time. And 
I guess the part that kind of bothers me through all this was, you know, regardless of what your opinion is about, you know, the pandemic and coronavirus, whether it's a hoax, whether it's the flu, whether it's true, like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what your opinion is. It can be different from mine. I respect it. I may not agree with it, but that's your opinion and you can have it as you wish. Okay. But it irritates me to an extent that nobody can measure. When I hear people say or try to use mental illness for their own political agenda or their own belief agenda or whatever. And the most common is hearing that mental illness during the pandemic or the pandemic has caused more people to be mentally ill. When I hear somebody say that, my insides kind of roll up and I just, I clench my fist because I know that's bullshit. That is the biggest garbage I've ever heard. The pandemic hasn't caused depression. The pandemic has been an accelerator to something that already exists, okay? The pandemic is no different than gasoline on a fire. Gasoline isn't the fire, but it's an accelerant. It makes the fire get bigger. You can have a small flame, right, that's controlled, and then you pour a little bit of gasoline on it, and then all hell breaks loose, right? Well, that's what the pandemic has caused to people who are dealing with mental illness, right? Because don't forget here in Quebec, right, you got lockdowns, you got curfews, you got this, you got that, you got people objecting to it, and then they throw out the, you know, what about the people who are stuck at home dealing with mental illness and it's not good for their mental health? And that just rubs me every wrong way. Because I'm sitting here and I'm going, man, if you dealt with it on the level that, like, here's the thing, okay? Like, if you have never experienced mental illness or to the extent of it being so bad that it, you cannot live your life. Like, when I was dealing with it at my peak, I didn't want to go out. Shit, I can only think of people dealing with mental illness at that same level now during lockdown. Going, wait a minute, the government says I have to be home at 8? Oh my God, I don't have to come up with an excuse to leave this party early to go home because I can't be out in public? Because my thoughts are racing through my head and I just, I, I can't talk to people? Are you kidding me? The lockdown hasn't, look... Again, we can disagree and that's fine, okay? But this is, the if you end the lockdown and coronavirus automatically goes away, you don't cure mental illness, right? Can we agree on that? Or the, or the people whose mental illness has gotten worse during this time, it won't naturally get better, okay? So the pandemic hasn't is not the reason why people are mentally ill. The pandemic has accelerated a process and we don't have the tools to deal with that. How do I know we don't have the tools? Because I had such a hard time finding those tools to make me better. Me, a person who has a ton of resources, or at least I know where to look, and I couldn't find them. While the whole world is trying to figure out its shit, nobody cares about the person with mental illness. Not yet. Not yet. And then we start locking things down and we start taking people away from their things and we start trying to do good by society, but some people don't want to get on board. Then we turn to mental illness. The same way we turn to somebody who, I don't know, shoots up a school and we say, oh, he's probably mentally ill. We're going to chalk this up on a guy who's just got a problem. And then we label mental illness as people being dangerous when we know statistically 
people with mental illness are usually not dangerous. They're not. We don't want to hurt anybody else, I promise you. In fact, we just want to be alone. That's what we want to do. And it's terrifying if you're a man. Because mental illness for men is debilitating. It is debilitating beyond debilitation. Okay? Here are just some numbers. Just some numbers. Okay? And again, is mental illness less important for women? Of course not. Okay? Don't get those twisted. It's important. But me being a man, knowing it, living it firsthand, like that stings a little bit more to me. I know what it's like to be a man and have to deal with mental illness and the pushback that comes with it, okay? Here's just some facts, okay? Men account for 75% of suicides in Canada, 75, okay? That's about 50 men per week, okay? This is all from the CBC, by the way, okay? You can read the article. It's on my Facebook if you have it. If not, just go over to CBC. You'll find it. Whether you agree with what they say or not, it's none of you. I don't give a shit. But these are just the things that I pulled from that article that I read. Okay, Men are three times more likely to experience addiction and substance abuse compared to Canadian women. Think about that for a minute. Three times more likely. Three times than women. That's a big number. Whatever number it is for women, times that by three. That's a great, that, that's a huge multiplier, okay? Evidence suggests that men also underutilize mental health services. Women are three times more likely to seek help, to seek help than men. A lack of choice or access to mental health services can deter men from reaching out and seeking help, leaving them struggling in silence and alone. Think about that last one. That last one struck me hard because a lack of choices and access to mental health is the problem, okay? Not the pandemic, not ever what, not anything else that you want to blame. The lack of choice and access to mental health programs. When you don't have access to something, think about it, living in the pandemic that it was, if you didn't have access, to, like people had a fear of not having access to toilet paper. So they went out and bought a whole bunch of it. People had a fear that they wouldn't be able to buy food. So they waited in grocery stores and in lines for 45 minutes to buy groceries. Okay. Mental health access or services was already slim. Now you add the accelerator to it and they're harder to get. And now you have more people who may need these services, but you've strained it so much previously that there's no way, there's no way there's enough to help everybody. And then some people don't make it, right? Somebody like, think about it, where you are right now, whenever you're listening to this, somebody right now woke up and won't go to bed because they couldn't get access to a service that they needed to save their own lives. That's a real, that's a rough reality, man. He didn't die because of a disease that took him, right? He died from his own, his own un, like doing. He couldn't stop himself from doing it. The thought of living, not living was greater than the thought of being alive. And that moment takes a split second in life, by the way. It's a split second. 
It happens. It was five seconds for me. That was the split between thinking being alive is better than being dead to, you know what? I don't want to be on the planet anymore. I'm going to try to get rid of myself. It's five seconds. That's what it was for me. It's longer for some people. It's shorter for others. It's five seconds. That's that's the switch that went off in my head. I know where I was. I know what I was doing. I know what time it was. I know what day it was. I know everything. I know exactly the moment the switch went off and I'll never forget it. So when I tell people I'm terrified of that moment, like I'm terrified because <laughs> I know what that's like. And now I'm, I'm living in a society where, you know, these same people might have these same switches and they're not going to have access to anything or they won't have the necessary resources so they can seek help. Some people want to help themselves, but they can't. They can't do it. They can't get there because a system won't allow it. Meanwhile, you got a whole bunch of other group of people saying, hey, open up the country because you know people are dying because of mental illness. We don't want that. Open it up and everything will be fine. I'll go back to doing my job. While that guy or that woman dealing with mental illness now, well, hey, I got what I needed out of them. I'll let them figure it out for themselves. That's what it is, by the way. If you are actively sitting there saying, hey, we need to open things up because, you know, for the better of the health and this and that, you are part of the problem. You can disagree with me all you want. I don't care. It's my opinion. You have yours. I have mine. But think about it. Once everything opens up, you really going to care? You really going to turn around and say, hey, wait a minute. I was worried about mental health before and health in general. Am I still worried about it now that I'm back doing my job? As a chances are you're not because now you're going back to whatever your reality was. And your reality before was to kind of care, but care in the same way that we care about tragedies that happen in the world, right? Change your frame that says pray for whatever bad thing has happened, put it up there, think you're doing something and do it again the next time it happens, right? That's what we call caring now. Am I missing something here? Did I get that wrong? No, I didn't get it wrong because it's always like that, remember? It's pray for something, and we're going to do the same thing for people who die from mental health. We're going to you know, talk about how we could have done more. Every time I hear somebody's taking their life due to depression, I feel miserable, and I don't even know the damn person, but I feel so bad that I wasn't able to help in any indirect way that I could. I feel like garbage. There are many times where even you know, celebrities and important people die. I don't even know these people. But I take a moment and it's gut-wrenching to know that this person couldn't do it. Every day is a privilege for me because I get to be here. And yet other people don't. So why am I that lucky? And there aren't. Why aren't we all that lucky then? That's the part that gets me. So on days like today when we talk about mental illness and we push it, and we give it a spotlight. Mental illness doesn't like spotlights, man. It wants to live in the dark by itself with you to eat at your own thoughts. It doesn't like company. So today is an important day to talk about mental health and to push it and use whatever platform you can to get there. Because then again, you see other people talking about it saying, oh, well, I'm not supporting because I don't support Bell and what they do and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, sure, when you dig into it, I mean, look, is Bell the greatest company in the world? No. We know that, right? Their service is 
garbage sometimes. I'm sure, you know, they don't treat people the, the best either. I know that. Guess what? I don't give a shit. I don't. Because Bella's a big enough platform that they can use to do some good while you think they're doing wrong. And until we come up as a society with a better way to do it, I'll take that dirty money any day. Right? Because trust me, we've all done things for dirty. <laughs> and it's been a lot worse than whatever Bell's doing right now. Okay? So in cases where they don't care about their employees or fire people due to mental illness or don't support as much, I, I know that. But I don't have a better solution right now. So I'm going to take their platform on a day that they push it out. You want to call it marketing? Call it marketing. I don't care. It brings just enough awareness for people to talk about it. And that brings good. There are more people who benefit from that than people who don't. So I'll take it. And again, we can disagree on that. That's not a problem. But me, I'm going to take that platform. I'll take that dirty money and say, hey, you going to do something to help? Fine. Then we'll figure it out later. You, you can call it whatever you want, right? Because let's think about Bella's talks, just a hashtag, right? It's just a hashtag. It's nothing else than that. The tweets, the TikToks, the Snapchats, the IGs, the videos you watch, it's just, sure, it is what it is. It's just stuff to get you to interact. They're just trying to get you to talk. And we as a society can't do that. We can't. We need this shit. We need it in order to be able to do it. So again, I can hate Bell as much as I want. But right now, they're the only platform that's doing it. And they're the only one that's pushing it hard enough. And good, communi and, and good you know, communities like Sick Not Weak that do their stuff to help and push. Like It's not on the same level as a multi-billion dollar corporation. I know that. I know you got to sell your soul to that devil once. But I'll do it every single day if it means that it generates some type of awareness to a problem that most of us just flat out forget. And that's, look, I'm not criticizing you if you do. I'm not, right? Don't, don't sit here and think I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pointing the finger at you and saying, oh, well, you don't care about mental illness the rest of the day. That's fine. You, you may have not have dealt with it as much. Just as I don't think about cancer every day, but I'm sure somebody who's had to deal with it does. Right? And they can be the advocate for that as well. So I'm not putting your nose in the sand here saying, hey, you don't care about it as much as I do. I don't need you to. I'll do that part. I'll hold that to me. I'll bring the awareness. I'll push. I'll continue to talk about it. I'll continue to do what I can and tell people my story and, and push it. I'll continue to do that because I know it brings good. And I'll let somebody else push theirs. And we can just meet in the middle and talk about it. That I'm okay with. And there are other people who may, you know, want to help and want to do something. Those are the people. That's what it's about. And saying, hey, let's change the way we do things. Let's stop blaming something that, you know, happens in the world. And let's say, wait a minute. Are there enough services should something happen? Right? That's why the lockdown exists first. Because the, you know, the healthcare system is broken. So it can't keep up. That's the same thing for mental health. Services need to be changed. Organizations, companies. What is your business of where you work right now? What are they doing about mental illness? 
Ask yourself that. Did they give you sick days for mental illness? Is that part of it? If you called in sick and say, hey, I'm having a mental health day. Is your boss going to turn around and say it's not an illness? Is there money available in your group plan that allows you to go see a professional? Just as they let you go see chiropractors and massage therapists and whatnot. Is there like, does a psychologist count to them? Can you use that for them? This is part of the change that we need to do. This is part of the services. Does your business offer the opportunity to talk to somebody anonymously about stuff that's either related to work or not? These are the services that people need and they need to be stupid accessible, right? It needs to be right there in your face. And you need to be able to know it. You need to be able to make it easy. So whenever you need it, it's right there and you can take it. And we should be talking about it more than just once a year. Mental health is an everyday situation. I think about it every single day. I don't expect everybody to, but I do. Every single day I think about it because I need to. Because it keeps me alive. It's the only way I do life. I have no other option. I think about it and everything I can do to keep myself better. And if I can help somebody else who's feeling like absolute dog shit and dealing with their own things, then yeah, I'll do the best I can. And do I solve every situation? Of course not. Sometimes it's temporary. Sometimes it's just something that they're dealing with. That problem is it, it doesn't mean that it's not important, right? We have to stop discrediting people's things that they feel sad about. It doesn't matter what it is. The heartbreak is not measurable. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. That's what my psychologist told me once when I thought my problems weren't that big. Right. That was my first thing. I was like, Hey, my stuff is not that bad. Actually. Like I'm just, I'm just dealing with some stuff. Like it'll go away. I'm sure you have other things that are more important. And she said, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. And that's stuck with me all these years later. And I tell other people that the same thing. If it's important to you, it's important to me. Tell me what's bothering you. Let's go. I can't guarantee I'll solve your problem. In fact, I probably won't, but I'll tell you my experience. And what I did for me and just sharing a story sometimes will get people to think about different things and ways that they can go about it to better communicate with themselves, to better communicate with others. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect world we live in, but we can do enough together to make these changes happen. We can. And again, I know some of you have probably left by now. Some of you have probably turned it off halfway. Some of you are saying this guy's lost. He's wrong. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I am okay with having different opinions from other people. We don't have to agree on everything. But if I challenge you to think about it, then I've done my part here. Whether you agree with me or not is, quite frankly, I don't give a shit whether you do or not. That's not the important part. But if I get you to think about it long enough, then I've done my part. If I've gotten you to think about what have you done personally to make the situation better, if you claim that you want to help, 
If you don't claim or you don't want to, that's, hey, that's okay too, by the way. Not everybody can tackle everything. Maybe you're like, look, man, I'm just going to put the frame up and say, you know, Bell, let's talk, tweet it out twice, and that's it. That's my contribution for the year. Fine. Fine. It's not a great contribution, but if that's all you can give, then I'll take it. Right? When you donate money to an organization, they never turn around and say, man, crazy, you only did, you know, you only donated 10 bucks, man. Like, no. They thank you for your donation, right? Whether you donate one dollar or a million dollars. They always say, after you've donated, thank you for your donation. They don't care what the amount is. A little goes a long way. Which, again, is why if you think that this is just a marketing shit and that it doesn't help, fine. But what have you done to change that? Have you done anything? Have you been part of the solution? Are you coming up with something different? Are you raising as much money as possible? Are you putting it in the forefront? Are you, sh are you bringing national awareness to it? If the answer is no, well, then that's on you now. Like I said, I'll get behind it. I'll get behind the marketing. For one day, I'll get behind it. We only tweet it one day, right? And then tomorrow we'll forget the hashtag probably even exists and we'll be reminded of it next year when somebody tells us it's coming up again, right? At the end of January. That's it. That's how we'll know. But for others of us, we won't forget. For others, we're going to go back to darkness tomorrow. And we're going to live that battle all year. Or nobody's going to really turn into it, right? Men are going to continue to take their own lives. And people are going to grow up without a father, a brother, you know, a nephew, an uncle, a coworker. They're going to grow up without somebody that they need. Why? Because we didn't have enough resources, but you know we need to open everything up immediately right now because that'll solve the issue. Again, I'm going to repeat it a lot. We can have different opinions on that. That's fine. But my only opinion and my main focus is how can I help the person who's dealing with mental illness? I don't give a shit about your other agenda. It doesn't interest me. I want to care about the person right now who's sitting in the dark trying his hardest or her hardest to get out of that mind frame that they're in and they can't do it. They can't find the resources because this is maybe their first battle with mental illness and they don't know where to turn and they don't know who to talk to because even for me, 12 years later, it's hard to talk about sometimes. It's hard. It's really hard. It's not easy. Even I couldn't find the resource that I needed. I couldn't find it in myself to talk about it at that moment. To anybody. Like when I tell you that nobody knew. I, I legit mean it. Nobody knew. There was one person. That was it. That was the only person who knew. And, and, and that's fine. That was okay for me at that point. I kept it with me because I couldn't talk about it at that moment. Just like I couldn't talk about my mental health at first. It took me a long time to get to the point where I am today. Where I can just, you know talk about it openly and tell other people, look, man, you're wrong. You're wrong, but I respect you. And you're allowed to have your opinion. Well, disagree. And I won't get angry. And I won't hate you for it. And, you know, if you don't want to participate, that's fine. I won't hate you. I'll tell you you're wrong, but I'll respect you. And I'll hope that 
nobody in your inner circle ever has to deal with it. I wouldn't wish I wouldn't wish mental illness on my greatest enemy. <laughs> they don't deserve that. Break a leg, maybe? Yeah, okay. But not mental health issues. I don't want anybody to have to deal with it. I don't want anybody to ever have to live in my shoes for 10 minutes. I don't want anybody to ever have to go through that switch that goes off when all of a sudden you think being on the planet is not worth it anymore. Because it's a switch. Some of us may never get there. But that doesn't mean the people who fall short of that breaking point don't deserve our attention. And I think what we can do to change it is, again, challenge things that are already in place, government legislations, resources that are available, your place of employment, right? That's the most important one. The people you surround yourself with, the network of people, right? If you have good network and good friends who check up on you and make sure that you're okay, that you're going to be fine. To be honest, the pandemic, like I said, is an accelerator. If these people were in a good frame of mind to start with, with good resources and a good support system, whatever may have happened to them, a temporary, the, you know, the shutdowns and stuff, it wouldn't have sent them to where they are now. And that's through no fault of their own. Not everybody has the right resources. Not everybody has the support system. That's fine. So we need to make sure that we give them what they need when it happens. Because look, if it wasn't a pandemic that sent them there, something else would have. Let's be honest, right? Had they lost their job to something else and sent them into the spiral that they're in now, whether it's the pandemic or something else, they still would have gotten there. That's why I, I refuse to say, hey, the pandemic is the problem, right? The pandemic didn't send me to where I was. There were already things in my mind that were not as, as crisp as they should have been, right? I was already dealing with, you know, not being able to hold on a little bit and, 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 and the tools that I had, I wasn't fully updating them. I wasn't operating at a hundred percent to be good. And I need to operate at a hundred percent. I can't operate at 99 because that leaves a crack in my wall and I can't afford a crack. Not me. I can't. So again, if it wasn't the pandemic that would have forced me into this 30 day breather that I needed, it was going to be something else. But again, it was accelerated for me. And then I made choices. And I looked for resources to help me and push myself to get help, get what I need to bring me back to where I need to be. But I know how to do that. I've been there. I've done this. Others haven't, which is so important why especially in a world now where you can't socialize, you can't go see someone, like reach out to people, reach out to it. Society has forgot how to do that. Like there's no reason you can't reach out to somebody. Everybody knows how Zoom works, you know, or Microsoft Teams or whatever platform you use, Facebook Messenger, whatever you use, there's a way to reach out to somebody to say, hey, how are you doing? Especially to the man in your life. And men, men to men, by the way. This doesn't have to be women checking up on men. This could be men checking on important men in their life. It's important that we check up on them too because society lives in a world where men are just told to 
just be a man. Whatever the fuck that means. I keep hearing that shit. And I'm sitting there going, man, I don't even know what that means anymore. Be a man. Be what? Not talk about your issues? I'll talk about them. I don't care. Being sensitive doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you weak. Having an open conversation makes you stronger, makes you better. It's hard because we live in a society that shows men as being tough, unbreakable, the backbone of families. That's a lot of pressure for some people to live with. We don't need to hold all that at once, men, by the way. We don't have to. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be perfect every day. You can have a moment where you got to step back. You're allowed. You can be a man some other day. But you're allowed to take a moment, step back and say, I'm going to try to better myself today. And I can't handle all this and I need to reach out. And I've had a lot of people, specifically men, reach out and talk and get help. And I applaud them every time. It's tough. It's hard. It's tough the first couple of times, right? Like I got a whole bunch of Facebook groups with friends. It's just memes and videos, right? It's memes half the time. Men don't have groups where we sit and we say, hey, man, how are you doing? Oh, you're doing well? Man, hey, how about you? Oh, you're doing well? Good, good. We don't have that. It's rare. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but it's, it's, it's rare. It doesn't, help. it doesn't happen as much. So it's important that we reach out to people. Stupid important. It's important that we reach out to men and women. doesn't matter. And we just check in and say, hey, how are you doing? I just want to know. I just want you to know that I'm here. You know, if you need anything. Say it today because, the, the, you know, everybody's, everybody's in it right now, right? You can say it today and it's fine. It gets by. But remind them later on. Or just remind them and say, hey, look, man, if you need something, I'm here. Give them that option. And then when they do use it, by the way, now you got to hold your bargain. Now you got to step up and say, okay, now he needs me. Now I got to help. Now I got to be part of it. And if I can't, then I'll find somebody or something or someone that can. But don't be silent. Don't be silent of it. Depression lives in its own silence. It doesn't need more of it. It doesn't like noise. It doesn't like light. It doesn't like going out to parties that start at 1030. Depression doesn't, like it, it lives by its own rules. So we have to make sure that we have everything available to people who need help. Because that's how we make this planet a better place. It's a shit show half the time, but we can make it better for people who are dealing with mental illness by doing everything we can to help the ones around us and remind them that they have something because maybe they'll reach out to you and you have that resource for them or you know where to go, right? We always say life, right? In life is about connections, who we know and stuff. That's true, Right? Some of you may have found your job because, you know, you know somebody who's there, right? Referrals and references are the, you know, the number one thing that people want in life. 
So it's the same thing when you reach out to somebody who's dealing with mental illness. You might be the reference or resource that they need. Or you may have what they're seeking. Which is why I talk about it. So that people know that I'll listen. I won't solve your problems because I'm not a psychologist. But I'll listen to you. I'll listen. And I'll do my best at it as I can. And I'll tell you how I dealt with it. And it may not work for you. But I guarantee you that person has heard himself talk and he doesn't believe a word he's saying or she's saying. So whatever the other person has to say can't hurt, right? And then that's where the responsibility falls on me to make sure that I listen and that I give everything that I can to that person to help them. That's the important part for me. That's why I talk about it. That's why I'll get behind the marketing. I don't do it because I want to. I do it because somebody else needs it. They need it. Me 12 years ago, I needed it. So if anything, I'm doing it for the version of me 12 years ago that's walking on the planet right now who needs that support. They need it. So I'll do it for them. I'll do it all for them just so they can get the help that they need so that they can go on and do the same thing that I do. I'll push no matter what. And I won't get lost in the garbage around it, the people trying to sabotage it, the people trying to push their own agendas and things that they're trying to do. I don't care. I don't care. I don't give a shit. My one concern, especially today, is how can I help somebody dealing with mental illness? How can I help and what's the most effective way? And if that means I got to take some blood money to do it, done. Sold. All day, every day, it's bought. I don't care. I don't care. I'm doing it because somebody else needs that help. Because I needed it. I needed people to help me. And I still do. And I wish the resources that I was looking for were easier to find. More efficient. Because maybe, you know what, maybe it would have saved me a couple of heartaches here and there. Maybe it would have, you know, made things a little bit easier for me at a time where it wasn't. But it didn't happen like that. But I wouldn't change that experience now. Because now I get to talk about it. And I get to help other people instead. And that, to me, is a gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And that'll never end for me. Ever. On that note, like I said, if you've made it this far, thank you. It truly means a lot to me that you sticked around. And again, like I said, I'm not hating on you if you don't. I'm just part of the conversation here that we can have that's different than whatever you're feeling. I don't want you to, you know, turn this off and say, man, Chris hates me. It's not true. Chris loves you. I love you. Even the people listening to this who I don't love, I still love you. I'm kidding. There's not many people I don't love. I just want you guys to remember that this conversation goes on past today. And that if you want to help, trust me, we're recruiting. You can help. But be a help. Be a part of it. Change this for somebody else. Because you may never know when you need that service. You may never know when you need that resource. You're going to want it handy, right? You're going to want it. 
right? You need hospitals to not be packed because if you get ill and you need to go to the hospital, you need to make sure that the best are available to help treat you, not that you're waiting on the sidelines and maybe die. That's what we need to work on. Again, I applaud you for being here. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this, share it with a friend. And like I said, I promise episode 36 of the podcast will go back to hockey and you'll continue to listen to me rant about things that only matter to a select few. But for today, for this moment here, it's about mental health. So with that, I love you. Stay safe. And let's continue this conversation past today.